Do you consider yourself to be an honest person? Not really. Do you consider yourself to be an honest person? Yeah. Definitely. I guess I think I'm not an honest person. I try to be. Yes. Sometimes I can be honest and sometimes I can't. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like to lie and I hate people that do lie. What percentage of the time do you think that you tell the truth? Oh. <laughs> Probably about 80%. 75% of the time. Probably 95% of the time. 85%. Probably 95%. Probably over 95% of the time. What percentage of the time do you think that you tell the truth? Um, about 50%. I'm honest the majority of the time, over 50%. I'd have to say about 47%. Do you think there's times that it's okay to uh, tell a lie? Yeah, when, uh... When you don't hurt anybody else by telling that lie. Do you think there are times that it's okay to lie to people? Yes. Yes, I do. It all depends on the circumstance, I suppose. If someone's saying something bad about your friend or whatever, and you might not want to hurt their feelings, especially if you know that they can't handle it, then in that case, yeah, I do think that it's okay to lie to them. Yes and no. It depends on what it is. If it helps somebody, then probably, but... Not all the time. Don't tell me I'm fat or something. You know, if I ask if I look fat, don't tell me I look fat. Tell me I look skinny or something. When I was in high school, I told a lot of white lies to my mom, and it kept me out of trouble. How does it make you feel whenever one of your friends tells you a lie? Deceived and kind of betrayed. Stabbed in the back sometimes. It makes me upset. I like my friends to be trustworthy. It hurts. Definitely hurts a lot. And it feels like you can't trust anybody. You feel betrayed, and you just you feel angry. I feel angry. And it takes a lot for a person to gain trust with me again if I find out they blatantly lied to me. But then it also helps me to realize the importance of not lying to other people. When was the last time that you told a lie? Um, last night. No, actually this, no, actually like a few hours ago. When was the last time that you told a lie? I don't know, when we start this interview? What was that lie? I can't tell you. <laughs> it's kind of personal. Are you lying right now by chance? I have no idea because I can't tell you every time I fly, but I I'm a pretty good liar, as a matter of fact. I don't know. <laughs> well, take your lesson notes, if you would, out of your bulletin so that you can follow along and take a few notes today and open with me in your Bible to Exodus chapter 20. It's on page 117 if you're using the Pew Bible. This morning, our tenth lesson in the series, Roman numeral number 10, How God's People Live, brings us to the ninth of the Ten Commandments here in Exodus 20 and verse 16. Follow along in your Bible as I read today's text written by the very finger of God. Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. I think it's interesting to note that in the Hebrew, the original wording here dealt with giving false testimony in a courtroom setting. What we would call perjury. And yet 40 years later, when this very same commandment was repeated in Deuteronomy 5 and verse 20, the original wording changed a bit. And a much broader Hebrew word was used which dealt with all kinds of 
dishonesty or lying. In other words, they kind of move from the very specific false testimony, perjury, to a broader term, lying or dishonesty or deceit in general. And hence, some of the more recent translations and paraphrases have captured the essence of this ninth commandment. The new century version, you must not tell lies about your neighbor. The contemporary English version, do not tell lies about others. The message, no lies about your neighbor. And the Living Bible just simply says, you must not Where am I? You must not lie. My clicker's not working real good. (laughs) You must not lie. Okay, let's get to the heart of this boundary today. How many of us, let me see your hands, how many of us have ever told a lie? (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's good. How many of us told a lie this last week? many of us have already told a lie today? And how many of you who didn't raise your hands are lying? (laughs) The sad truth is, as the video clip just revealed, we have a major problem with dishonesty in our society. A recent survey indicates that 66% of Americans say that it is not wrong to tell a lie. Only 31% of those surveyed agreed with the age-old statement, honesty is the best policy. Only 31%. In fact, 91% admitted to lying frequently. Sociologists tell us that we will either see or hear an average of 200 lies each and every day of our lives. From the White House to the schoolhouse, truth is in deep trouble. And we begin to wonder, is there anybody telling the truth? (laughs) The prophet Isaiah cried out, truth is nowhere to be found. (laughs) The psalmist was even more direct when he wrote, all men are liars. You ever wonder what it would be like if you couldn't tell a lie? (laughs) That's the gist behind the movie Liar Liar, by the way. (laughs) Five-year-old Max makes a birthday wish that his unethical lawyer father won't be able to tell lies anymore. And the wish comes true and causes his dad all kinds of problems. In this scene, the father asks Max to undo the wish. Watch it with me. Monster Max! That's your lie! You can't play catch! I'd like to, but I can't right now. Max, i got to talk to you. Your mommy told me about that wish you made last night. It came true, Max. Really? You mean you have to tell the truth? Yes! No matter what? No matter what! Is this thing real? In the Olympics, yes. On Channel 23, no. Will sitting too close to the TV set make me go blind? Not in a million years. If I keep making this face, will it get stuck that way? Uh-uh. In fact, some people make a good living that way. 
Now listen, Max, you gotta do something for me. I need you to take back that wish. So you can lie? Yes, but not to you. You see, Max, sometimes grown-ups need to lie. <laughs> It's hard to explain, but if... Here's a good example. When your mommy was pregnant with you, she gained a good 40 pounds. There was nothing she wouldn't eat, and Daddy was scared. But when she'd ask me, how do I look? I'd say, honey, you look great. You're beautiful. You're glowing. If I'd have told Mommy she looked like a cow, it would have hurt her feelings. Understand? My teacher tells me real beauty's on the inside. That's just something ugly people say. <laughs> Max, no one can survive in the adult world if they have to stick to the truth. I could lose my case. I could lose my promotion. I could even lose my job. Now, I need your help, Max, okay? Okay. Now, do whatever you did last night. Only this time... Make it an unwish. I did it. Excellent. Yeah, I just need a little test. Everybody lies. Mommy lies. Even the wonderful Jerry lies. But you're the only one that makes me feel bad. <laughs> you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Falsehood, lying, deceit, dishonesty, half-truths. Let's take a closer look at today's boundary together. Now, stated positively... I think this ninth boundary is all about telling the truth. Telling the truth. Now, let me make a couple important observations about not telling the truth, about lying. Let's talk first of all about the heart of lying. What, or more accurately, who is the source or the origin of all lies? Read John 8 and verse 44 out loud with me. The devil, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. In other words, this whole problem with dishonesty originates with Satan. Deceit is, as it says, his native language. He is the father of lies. Now, when Satan tempted each of us, and individually we bought into his lies and rebelled against God in our sin, we too became liars just like him. Our fallen carnal nature is dishonest to the very core. Lying has become our native language too. You see, the heart of lying is a sinful heart. 
Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 15, verses 18 and 19. The words that come out of your mouth come from your heart. Out of your heart comes telling lies. Yeah. Someone put it this way, what is in the well of your heart is bound to come up in the bucket of your speech. So the heart of lying is a sinful heart. Every lie can be traced back, in fact, to a heart problem. Keep that in mind because we're going to expand on that in just a moment. The second observation that I want to make about this timely principle focuses on the habit of Lying. There are several kinds of lies that are, in fact, habitual to us. Let me just touch upon them quickly. Number one is the cruel lie. The cruel lie. This is the kind of lie that's intentionally destructive or malicious, such as gossip or slander. And what's the motive? It's a heart full of anger. With envy, bitterness, or vengeance, we spread falsehood in order to hurt someone else. Proverbs 25, verse 18 puts it this way, telling lies about friends is like attacking them with clubs and swords and sharp arrows. Number two is the cowardly lie. The cowardly lie. This is the kind of lie that's told to help you escape some consequences. To cast blame on someone or something else. To cover up. To rationalize or to justify your behavior. And what's the motive? It's a heart full of fear. We get caught in the middle of something and we don't want to admit that we are at fault. (laughs) Not a good thing. Let's read Proverbs 28 and verse 13 out loud together. Read it with me. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful, but if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Yeah, great proverb. Number three is the concealing lie. The concealing lie. This is often the kind of lie where perhaps you don't even say anything. You know something, but you don't reveal it because you don't want to get involved. The motive is a heart full of apathy. We're too complacent to speak up when we ought to. In fact, look at Leviticus 5 and verse 1. This is a very interesting verse. If a person sins because he does not speak up when he hears a public charge to testify regarding something he had seen or learned about, he will be held responsible. Hmm. William Barclay, in fact, elaborates a bit on this when he writes, one of the most interesting facts about the Jewish law is that the man who refuses to give it evidence when he has evidence to give is condemned as severely as the man who gives false evidence. It's an important principle that irresponsible silence can be as senseless a crime as false and lying speech. The sin of silence is as real as the sin of speech. Hmm. Number four is the conceited lie. The conceited lie. This is the kind of lie you told, tell to impress other people, to make yourself look good, such as boasting. And what's the motive? Well, of course, it's a heart full of pride. With arrogance, we compare ourselves with others or we brag about our accomplishments to make ourselves look good in the eyes of others. And Proverbs 30 and verse 32 warns us, if you played the fool and exalted yourself... Clap your hand over your mouth. 
Number five is the calculated lie. This is the kind of lie you tell to manipulate someone so you can get what you want, such as buttering up somebody with some flattery. And the motive is a heart full of selfishness. In our attempt to get someone to like us or to do a favor for us, we heap excessive praise upon them that isn't true. Here's what Proverbs 26 verse 28 says about that. It says, watch out for anyone who tells lies and flatters. They are out to get you. (laughs) Number six is the convenient lie. The convenient lie. It's the kind of lie you tell to avoid embarrassment. (laughs) Often it involves only a part of the truth. We call it a white lie under the guise of diplomacy. Let me give you a couple of examples. A young couple goes to a party and they say to their host, you know, our babysitter has a curfew, so we need to get home. (laughs) Their babysitter doesn't have a curfew. The fact is they're bored to tears and they just don't want to tell the truth. Or husbands, your wife looks at you and says, what do you think of my new hairdo? And you go... Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you hadn't even noticed. But that's not what you say, is it? <laughs> What's the motive behind a convenient lie? It's a heart full of pretense. We choose the easy way out, the convenient way, to save face or to avoid embarrassment. Read Ephesians 4 and verse 25 out loud with me. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Boy, isn't that the truth? Number seven is the careless lie. The careless lie. It's the kind of lie you tell when you exaggerate, when you embellish or overstate the facts. And the motive is a heart full of insecurity. It's so easy for us, isn't it, to get caught up in this trap when we're telling a story to somebody else. Or for emphasis, we use absolute statements like you always or you never or everybody's doing it or nobody's doing it. And that's not the truth. Another way I think we lie carelessly is by swearing. Not profanity, but I'm saying, you know, when we say I swear, you know, or, or I cross my heart that this is true. Jesus warned us about that. Matthew chapter 5, he says, Don't say anything you don't mean. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen. You don't make your words true by embellishing them. Just say yes or no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. So these are just seven of the different kinds of habitual lies that we tell. Each of them, notice, is motivated by a heart that's full of some kind of sin. And the bottom line is this. The habit of lying is the result of a heart of lying. To live within this boundary, telling the truth, we must get to the source. We must get to the origin of the habit of lying. And that's the heart. Which leads us to draw some conclusions. The psalmist writes in Psalm 34, verses 12 and 13, Would you like to enjoy life? You want long life and happiness? Then keep from speaking evil and from telling lies. So how do we do that? How do we apply this ninth commandment telling the truth to our everyday lives? Well, I think it all begins with the hunt 
for truth. If we're going to tell the truth, if we're going to live with honesty and integrity in all we do and say, then it has to begin with discovering the foundation of truth itself. And briefly, I think this hunt for truth involves at least these three steps. First of all, we must learn the truth. We must learn the truth. How can we, whose sinful hearts are full of lies and deceit, ever know and understand what real truth really is? Well, the answer to that is by knowing Jesus Christ and obeying His teaching. Jesus Himself said in John 8, verses 31 and 32, If you hold to My teaching, you are really My disciples. Then you will know the truth. Simply put, if we're ever going to tell the truth, we must first of all learn the truth. And learning the truth only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as the forgiver of our lives and a personal commitment to obey Him as the leader of our lives. And it's in that daily relationship and it's in His Word that we learn the truth. Number two, we must love the truth. We must love the truth. Zechariah 8 and verse 19 implores us, therefore, love truth. I wonder, do we really do that? <laughs> do we love the truth? As we learn the truth from Jesus' teachings the Bible, we also need to learn to grow to love it, to be devoted to it, to make it our supreme desire to be truthful at all times and all things. In fact, we ought to love truth so much that we absolutely detest, we abhor anything that is not truth. Is that true of your life? And then third, we must of course live the truth. The final step in the hunt for truth is this. Once we've learned the truth and we love the truth, we must live it out in our daily lives. David wrote in Psalm 119 and verse 30, I have chosen the way of truth. And you and I have that very same choice each and every day of our lives to live in the truth or to live a lie. Which path will we choose? So the hunt for truth involves learning it, loving it, and living it. Let's focus on the third part of this. Let's focus on the idea of living the truth. Practically speaking, how do we choose the way of truth in our daily lives? How do we live within this boundary telling the truth? To answer that question, let's take a closer look at the habit of truth. Here are three practical ways that we should always tell the truth to others. Three things that we ought to make a habit of as we live with honesty and integrity each and every day of our lives. Number one, we must tell the truth consistently. We must tell the truth consistently. We need to be known as a person of truth. People see us that way. Because we're consistent. Let's read Ephesians 4 verse 15 out loud together. Let our lives lovingly express the truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. Every day, you see, in every way we are to tell the truth without fail, as it says here, in all things. By the way, when we make it a habit to consistently tell the truth in all things, we never have to worry about covering our backs. 
You never have to worry about, you know, are they going to discover the real truth? And also, let me give you this piece of advice. When we catch ourselves lying, the very best time to correct that is right then. (laughs) I mean, immediately confess it and correct it. Because if you let it hang out there, the longer that lie hangs out there, the worse shape you're going to be in. Number two, we must tell the truth completely. We must tell the truth completely. Proverbs 10 and verse 10 reminds us, someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. When we're telling the truth, it's always best to tell the complete truth. No partial half-truths. As it says in Proverbs 28-23, in the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. Isn't that true? Yeah, it is. Number three, we must tell the truth considerately. Ah, This is an important one. Don't overlook this one. We must tell the truth considerately. There is a right way and a wrong way to tell the truth consistently and completely. And the right way is lovingly, gently. I would use the word tactfully. I have met people who tell the word truth consistently. They tell the the truth completely, but they have no tact whatsoever. You know what I'm talking about? Proverbs 12, verse 18 warns us that thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can heal us. So don't be hasty or harsh. Be sensitive to other people's feelings. Contemplate before you communicate. Proverbs 16.23 puts it this way, intelligent people think before they speak. (laughs) So how do we tell the truth? Three habits to follow. We must tell the truth consistently, we must tell the truth completely, and we must tell the truth considerably. But wait, we're not quite finished. There's one more important key I think here, and I want to conclude today's study with this final thought, and that has to do with the heart of truth. Would you read Colossians 3 verses 9 and 10 out loud with me? Let's read this together. Stop lying to each other. You have given up your old way of life with all its habits. Each of you is now a new person. You are becoming more and more like Christ. Isn't that a description of what a Christ follower is right there? Stop lying to each other, he says. You've got a new heart. You're a new person. You don't lie anymore. Your heart is no longer a heart of lying. It is now a heart of truth because of Jesus and what He's done in you. Remember earlier in today's lesson when we pointed out that the habit of lying is the result of a sinful heart? Remember when we discovered that Satan is the source of all lies? Well, the opposite is also true. The habit of truth is the result of a redeemed heart. And Jesus is the source of all truth. He is the one who Himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what the Apostle Paul is pointing out here in Colossians chapter 3. The way we give up the habit of lying is to give up our sinful heart, to get a new redeemed heart, to become a completely new person in Christ. I wonder, are you sick and tired of your lying 
dishonest heart. Are you ready to confess your sinful heart to God and to turn from your lies and your deceit and to let God do His work, His miraculous work of redemption and restoration in your heart and in your life this morning? I felt it would be important for us at the conclusion of today's lesson to offer an opportunity for each of us to do a little heart business before God. And so we're going to spend some time right now. You can do that right where you're sitting if you desire. Or I'm going to open up the altar up front here for you to come and just kneel before God just to confess your heart, your sinful heart, your lying heart, and to ask God to do His work in your heart to make you what He desires you to be, to have that truthful heart. And we'll do that as we listen to this song. Let's spend some time just before the Lord. I'm going to kneel right up here. I invite you to come and join me. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh That is our prayer, O oh God. That You would change our hearts, that You would work in our hearts and our lives today to make us a people of truth. 
Jesus, even as You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As we live our lives in You, we desire to be people of truth as well. May the witness of our truthfulness be a powerful witness in the world around us as people watch our lives, as they observe us, as they listen to us to see whether or not we truly are Your disciples. Oh Jesus, I pray that we would speak the truth, that we would live the truth, that we would be honest. Never would there be any deceit, any half-truths, any pretense, any hypocrisy in our lives. Work in our hearts, we pray. Do the work that You alone can do. Give us redeemed hearts. Restore our hearts to the way You created us to be in the very first place that we might walk with You in truth, that we might walk before others in truth, that we might live out this timeless principle in our everyday lives. Help that to be so. That's our desire. We're so tired of dishonesty. We're so tired of deceit, especially in this, uh, this political season that we're in right now. We're so tired of hearing things that are empty promises. And we don't want to be that way ourselves. We want to be people of truth. Help us to be that, I pray, as we live out this principle in our lives. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Roman numeral number 10, how God's people live. This morning we've taken a closer look at the ninth of these Ten Commandments telling the truth here in Exodus 20 and verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Or in much simpler terms, Deuteronomy 5 verse 20, you must not lie. So this then is your memory verse (laughs) this week. Say it out loud with me. You must not lie. You can do that. You can memorize that. You can make that a part of your daily life. And as you're memorizing that verse this week, talk about it with others. Talk about it with your family and with your friends, the people you work with, your neighbors. You'd be interested to find out from them, what do you think in this world of untruth that we live in, what do you think it means to really live out this principle of not giving false testimony, of not lying? not having any deceit or untruth in our lives or half-truths in our lives. And then look for a way to apply this specifically in your life. Ask God to reveal to you, God, are there any areas in my heart and in my life that I'm not living inside this boundary? (laughs) That I'm not carrying out this timeless principle? You pray that prayer, I I promise you, God will reveal to you (laughs) exactly what you need to do in order to come in line with this commandment. It's decision time, so here's the question. What's the main point of today's lesson? And how will it impact me personally this week? 